Welcome to the 10 for 10. And welcome to week three, everyone. We are now a professional podcast because we have really cool music and sounds. Right, Steve? This this was the dream. So here we go. Now it's time to crack the top ten. Well, more tyranny isn't doing our intro. That's when we've really hit the hit the crescendo. But yeah, this is definitely a step up the mountain. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um yeah, it feels weird. For only the second time ever, I believe we are doing an episode without my brother Alex. So we hope he joins later. But uh, I think one of our 10 for 10 or the bonus is going to be where's Alex because we don't know and we're figuring it out. But uh, we'll keep you posted if he's not safe. Anyways, um, I get the sense when we do 10 for 10 tonight, I'm going to have a lot of fire, some passion, like about the things that we're going to talk about. I'm like, maybe not in a warm, lovable way because, you know, as the anti-Alex and I don't have him to counterbalance me. But I, I do want to start out with like something like kind of a sadness and a moment of appreciation. We are recording this on a Tuesday, and last night was the Nick Chubb injury. And I think anytime we see a guy go down, especially running back in a knee, like it resonates and we feel bad for them. But this feels this is different for me personally. Like I I was pretty early on with the Nick Chubb bandwagon. Like he was good right away, so I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. But like I was rostering him pretty quickly. Uh, he was a key cog in my second championship. Um, he just seemed like a really cool guy. Um, my favorite line, and I, and I forget the full setup, was somebody was talking to him about how he doesn't do a lot of endorsements or talk a lot about himself, and his line was, Lamborghini doesn't advertise. And, like, if I didn't like him before, I just fell in love in that moment. So uh, nice. you are on the mountain with Jamal Charles right now, sir. Hopefully we see you back. Um, nothing but uh, good wishes and Thank you for a lot of fun because he is also just a fun guy to watch play football. So, all right. So let's uh, enough of the sappy stuff out of the way. And I won't even stay past 10 seconds of like, hopefully, and assuming you have all watched Louder Milk since we last spoke. Uh, is that a drink? It sounds no, like a drink. It sounds like a really tasty drink. <laughs> Somebody will watch this show. I, I have to believe it. I need this for my soul. Derek, rescue us. Did you Have you I, watched the show? I kid you not. I attempted to watch it uh, Monday night. I ran into a problem with Prime Video. I tried to refresh it, but I, I made an effort. So I am committed to checking it out. I will get there, I promise. Love it. All right, that is the that is the win America needed after last night. Uh, I'm sorry, Steve, but that was just a nice way of saying no. He, he hasn't seen it. No, that's not Derek. Derek, if he says that, he made a, he made an earnest attempt to watch Louder Milk. There was a degree of effort put into it. I attempted multiple times. Excellent. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, let's get into it. All right. So, uh, speaking of injuries, uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, last week, but uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury, um, bless that man, he decided to uh, speak in public and uh, gave us a, a pretty interesting statement. Now, he it was just kind of boilerplate at the beginning, you know, thank you for thinking of me, my surgery went well, 
Um, I know that I'm loved and I thank you for all this love and it, it, it helps my ego. But then he ends it saying, the night is darkest before the dawn and I shall rise yet again. So, um, Derek, does this mean he's a huge Batman fan or is he actually comparing himself to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Go. <laughs> Uh, I think this is called the uh, Messiah Complex. Uh, but if, if he really wanted to go all in, he would have given a 72-hour window, the three days to rise. But instead, he kind of indicated later in the season, maybe three months. So uh, so a quick little-known fact about Aaron Rodgers. I have to tell you guys this. I, I hope it, this is interesting to anybody other than me. But um, he lived his middle, middle school years in Beaverton, Oregon, uh, before I moved back to Chico, California. So I currently reside in Beaverton, Oregon. I grew up in Beaverton, Oregon. So I've got a little local intel here. Uh, if you remember Saul Goodman, Breaking Bad, when you say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Well, if you, if you extend a few more guys to that, you've got some information. So Rogers in his high school years, college years, and early on as his days as a Green Bay Packers quarterback, was uh, very involved in a youth Christian ministry called Young Life. He used to, like, do videos for the campers, encouraging them in their faith. So long story short, uh, I'm not surprised that he would be clothing his language in uh, spiritual talk. Because, uh, and you might think maybe he's um, strayed away from the faith in recent years. Uh, but, you know, don't, don't judge lest you be judged. But... Uh, whether you're straight or not, it still lives in you. So that may give you a little bit of context uh, for Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, a little bit overboard to really answer the question. Steve. I am utterly disarmed at this point. I was ready to go to the hilltop about how ridiculous and nonsensical this was and to, to just kind of what our dynamic was for seven years at work. Derek has walked me back down from the ledge, so okay, I can get on board. An overstatement, but maybe not a comparison of himself to Jesus or Batman. Yeah, so you know, the first part of that quote for those of you um who are too busy watching Louder Milk, the night is darkest before the dawn is a direct quote uh from okay. the dark night. Um so that's what caught me uh, when I first saw that. Um, and then, yes, the, the, the I shall rise yet again. Uh, to close right, that out. When you, yeah. when you talk to guys like me about this, like it's not helpful to say the Batman movie. Like which Batman are we on? Are we Christian Bale? Are we one Michael yes. Keaton? We are the good ones. Well, oh, okay, yeah, I should say that because Michael Keaton was good too. But, yes, the Christian Bale one, the second okay. Christian Bale movie, uh, that is a direct quote from that one. Um okay. But yeah, to, to add more, more context to this, if you, uh, search up the posting on Instagram and look at his avatar on Instagram, he is in Jedi robes, which, uh, do look a lot like, uh, the robes of Jesus Christ, uh, from old paintings and depictions of him. So, um, there might be something little, little hidden there. I don't know. <laughs> to be determined. Uh, number two. Um, do you feel announcers uh, are too focused on quarterbacks in their commentary and are more cliche machines than insightful? So Thursday night, um, Troy Aikman was talking about how good a leader Jalen Hurts was because he was calming down A.J. Brown on the sidelines, who is a 
I guess, diva wide receiver. I'm not even going to say that for him. I, I haven't really seen him. I've seen a lot worse. But then the next three or three out of four plays, uh, the ball is thrown his way. So is that actually good leadership? Or did Troy get it all wrong because he really just doesn't know what else to say? Steve? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the the latter on that. Like, that's the second one, right? I'm still trying to learn that, take that out for a yes, while. Yes, correct. Like, it's just always talk about the quarterback. And, like, you summarized it perfectly. Like, he's like, Jalen Hurts is being a good leader right now. And it didn't look like Jalen Hurts was being a good leader in that moment. And I'm not trying to say he looked terrible. He had a grown man who was mad, and I don't know what you do with that in the moment where you're trying to manage your own stuff. So I'm saying he sucked. I'm just saying he just looked like he was like, I don't know, what do I do here? And then, like, yeah, like, so his observation in the moment wasn't all that helpful. What he says doesn't even wind up being true. And then to the bigger point, what I'm curious about is, like, we hear all these numbers, like, I don't know, Tom Brady's getting offered $20 million a year to be in the broadcast booth, I'm sure. Troy Aikman and that moron uh, Ohio State guy, whatever his name is, getting millions of dollars. Like, when in your life, and I'm being serious here, when in your life have you ever chosen to watch a game because of who the color commentator is? Like, I'm watching the game regardless. I've never once made that decision. So I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, before I pass it off to you, Derek, I'm going to throw in the exception of Tony Romo, or maybe early Tony Romo. Yeah, I would never, I would never watch a game because he was calling it. That's a very valid point. I'm watching the game because of the teams, um, but he actually was pretty insightful and, and and gave some good commentary. So, but there's always seems to be an outlier, Derek. I agree that I feel like for the better part of the last four decades, I have been tuning out the the color commentator. I actually think the art of play-by-play announcing is kind of interesting and, and compelling. Uh, so I think I'm in agreement there. And, uh, we've seen, yeah, we've seen some quarterbacks be very bad, uh, color commentators. The AJ Brown piece, though, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought maybe somehow you, Steve, you got in AJ Brown's ear because, uh, he was not living up to expectations for you, uh, that night. And I will say that did seem like a really, Selfish thing for Brown, I get like the whole the competitiveness and stuff, but like they had to adapt their game plan to the conditions of the game. Like they needed to just keep pounding it through the run, and it was working well for them. So to then be like, well, where's my piece of the pie? That that felt like a bit uh, a bit self centered on Brown's part, but uh, yeah, I'm in agreement. So I'm gonna flip the coin over here a little bit, um, and not to say that you guys are wrong, but I think. Part of being a good leader um, is listening and pacifying uh, certain people in order to keep uh, team cohesiveness. If that means he was the squeaky wheel, and sure, I'll look for you in the next few ones. He didn't look for him the rest of the game. Um, I don't know what was said to him, um, but uh, they won the game. Uh, they didn't seem to fall apart after that. And and to me, that's that is signs of a good leader. Um, but I'm not going to give Troy Aikman credit for that one. <laughs> so that feels like the happy compromise of where we're at. There you go. Uh, and now that I'm done uh, uh, giving my my leadership conference to, to everybody in my 10 seconds. Uh, moving on. Number three. Uh, so you talked injuries earlier to Nick Chubb. Uh, first of all, whenever um, whenever a commentator says we are not going to show the replay, uh, that tells me I should not seek out to find the replay online either. 
Um, so yeah, that, that sounds and, and appeared to look pretty bad. Um, right. Saquon sprained his ankle a little bit. Um, might be a week or two there. Uh, maybe not a big injury there. Um, Austin Eckler has been out. Anthony Richardson. Um, he has rookie has now left both games, uh, week one and week two with an injury has not completed one yet this season. Are you worried about his health, Steve? We were talking about something last week, and I forget what it was, but I used the phrase, it has my attention. And I'm not trying to turn it into a catchphrase, but it just seems like the best way to describe the situation. Like, to me, of the three rookie quarterbacks, he has looked the best and doesn't seem particularly close to me. Um, so professional athletes get the the crap kicked out of them, so that makes sense. Two in a row, bad timing, it is what it is. So maybe it's just a thing, but yeah, it's got my attention. So I don't think I'm in panic mode, but it does. It does make me worry what this is going to look like by, by the end of the year, but let's see what happens if he gets through game three or possibly game four, if he's got to miss this one with the concussion. Oh, <laughs> well, I just. Just real quick, well, I, I just have to ask, Lucas, like, we were, you, you and I had, had a little bit of a text go back and forth here, like, I am just, I could not be further off the Bryce Young bandwagon, like, is, <laughs> knowing he's a rookie, knowing anything can happen, like, have you seen anything that makes you think something will happen, or is it more about, let's just give it time before we judge it? Man, you know, um, he can run. Uh, he had a couple of nice runs, but like my comment to you, that, that man needs to eat a can of Crisco or something. Um, you know, granted, he's probably bigger, uh, than I am, but man, look, he's like a, a boy among men out there, it looks like. He's concerned about his, his long-term health if he doesn't start bulking up but uh no Richard said like somebody teach that man to slide I didn't see the hit or whatever that caused a concussion but I'm guessing it was on a run and he just decided not to slide uh that's just something quarterbacks got to learn early I will say with just the amount of injuries that I've seen the first two weeks like I'm I'm worried about everybody right now at uh I know it's always bad, but it almost feels like it's it's worse than usual. But I think with the running quarterbacks, there is always an extra element of of risk there, and uh, and the concussions also kind of seem like they are they are on the rise too. Um, but I agree with with Bryce Young. I uh, I worried about him not having the uh, the physical tools to succeed in the NFL. I know like the Saints have a really good pass defense. Uh, but, uh, but he, uh, he looks overmatched right now. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, we're going to play a little game, uh, with these next, uh, three questions called, uh, legit concern or overreaction. So I'm going to make a statement. Um, and Derek, you'll have the, the first one here. Uh, tell me if this is a legit concern or if this is an overreaction. Uh, Joe Burrow currently, after two games, has a 56.9% completion percentage, has thrown for 304 yards with two touchdowns and one interception. He will have trouble cracking the top 10 by the end of the season. Is that a legit concern for you, or is that an overreaction? That is an overreaction, I think. Do you want me to expound on why? 
please do. So I, I think there are reasonable concerns about his cap. Obviously, he re-aggravated it. Um, but as long as that is not too serious, I feel Burrow is one of those guys where he is just too talented to anytime he goes away from the mean, like we hear uh, a regression to the mean, there's also the progression to the mean. So I feel like Burrow is just, he is in that category where he is too good and he will be fine assuming the, uh, the, the cap injury can get resolved, but I'm not, I'm not worried about his numbers. I think he'll, he'll get back into a group. Steve, any thoughts? Uh, Support Derek uh, step for step on that one. I will just add what he's probably already alluding to. Games one and two were against Cleveland and Baltimore. That's not insignificant. So let's see if getting the Rams is maybe a bit of a get-right game next week as well, as long as the calf can come along. All right. Well, I would like to welcome uh, Steve's third leg um, that he was missing. Hello. Uh, hello, Alex. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. How you doing, my man? Oh, man, I'm tired, but you're doing good. I'm sorry. I've just been sitting here. <laughs> oh, I, I'm i sorry. I didn't see you there. You must have been hiding under a pillow or something. Oh, well, that's, fine. that's fine. All right. Well, uh, we're playing a, a little quick game. You'll you'll pick up on it quick. This next one's for Steve, and then I'll uh, the second one I'll, I'll send your way, Alex. So uh, oh. is this a legit concern or an overreaction? Uh, at Steve, after the overtime loss uh, of the Lions in week two, um, they've shown us that they're the same old Lions. They're losing to a team they shouldn't have. I could not agree more. Like, what is what is wrong with me as a human being? Last Thursday, I'm like, okay, this is what it's like to have an actual NFL franchise to cheer for. You know what? In my lifetime, this is probably the second biggest win we've ever had. But you know what my dumbass forgot? Like, what happened the week after the biggest win we ever had in our lifetime? We got our asses handed to us by the Washington Redskins. So same thing. We we beat Kansas City. And just a gentle reminder, last year the Colts beat Kansas City, and the Colts sucked, and the Chiefs were the Chiefs. And freaking Geno Jobber Smith comes to town with his little motley crew, we have, like, a lead in the second half of the game. And, of course, Jared Goff, being Jared Goff, throws a pick six, and our defense does what our defense has done since time continuum, just be terrible. Why did – this is not hyperbole. Why did we think we were going to be better this year? What did we do? We added DJ Chark. We thought our gambling-addicted ACL-torn wide receiver was actually going to show up. We made a modest upgrade, very modest upgrade with David Montgomery over Jamal Williams. We signed a bunch of guys to one-year deals in the secondary. We are a clown show, and I'm sorry I let Aiden Hutchinson and his hometown kid does right by his team thing become a thing. We're terrible. Nope, that's hyperbole. Maybe we'll be 8-9. and nine. We'll be 9-8, and eight, but we're the same old Lions who are on the, the good end of our spectrum of, of slightly above average. Woohoo! All right, there is a lot there to react to. That was a flaming hot Cheetos take right there. I love it. Alex, balance, I love us, my out. Bo- balance oh. us out. I love my boys. You know, they going out there and they, you know, they made some bad mistakes. There were a lot of injuries. There were some penalties that probably shouldn't have happened. But let me tell you what, I'm telling you, these Lions are going to come back out, and I love this Dan Campbell guy, and they got this attitude. I don't feel like they're the same old Lions yet. I believe in them. 
Um, it's just, you know, every team has games they should technically win, but they don't. And that happens. It's just how you get back to it in the other, you know, 16 games in the season. So now 16 games. So. All right. Well, we, we have our Lions homer. We have our Lions overreactor. Derek, balance this out. Steve did warn us that he'd be on edge a little bit tonight, so, you know, true to form. Uh, I, from afar, have seen Lions fans' expectations shattered enough times to not be surprised uh, of this turn in week two. And I was actually sold when I listened to you guys episode one, our preseason episode, and Steve compared the Lions to the functionality of Congress. And I was ready to pick them in a work pool that I'm in where you pick teams based on the record from last year. And when I heard that, I decided I would not pick them. So um, I, I I got cold feet, and um, I think it's going to prove to be vindicated. All right. Well, we'll see if we've got a nice little uh, sound bite to play at the end of the season with, with Steve's diatribe. Uh, maybe Maybe he will be justified. Maybe he will be embarrassed. We'll we'll find out. Uh, but all I have to say is we're still first in the NFC North. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Alex, is this a legit concern um, or an overreaction? Um, and I wouldn't even say the way I phrase this. It's not. Le- is this legit or is this an overreaction? Uh, between these four new quarterbacks, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Brock Purdy and Jordan Love, all at various early stages of their career, they are combined seven and one after two weeks. Um, these four quarterbacks will be in the top six of overall quarterbacks in the next two years. Is that legit or is that an overreaction? Mm. I think that's an overreaction. I don't think that we have enough like to go off of just on them based on that they'll be like that high up. But I mean. I think that a lot of quarterbacks are starting to get old and we're starting to see like a change in the shift of the guard. And a lot of the ones that came in this year aren't looking too great. So I don't know. It just depends on who's going to come out the next couple draft classes. If they're really going to be like that big. You do you feel I mean? like, do you feel any one of those four could crack the top five within the next two years? I really want to see what Jordan Love does. I'm honest. I've been wanting to see what he can do for a long time. And I bet everybody that likes Jordan Love has been wanting to see what he can do. So far, I think he seems pretty decent. He seems okay in my opinion, but I don't know. Again, especially when it comes to a position of quarterback, I always like to watch him more than once to get a good opinion. Uh, Derek, to help you understand Lions fans just a little bit more, I swear to God, if the Packers have yet another 15-year dynasty quarterback on their hands, I I give up. <laughs> uh, when Brett Favre retired, it was the glorious day in the world, and then Aaron Rodgers came along. And now that Aaron Rodgers has left, I'm like, thank God we finally have a chance again. And I swear, if Jordan Love becomes that again, it's that's the epitome right there. So yeah, I mean, they know how to grow them in Green Bay. I mean, it, it is pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and I do have to say, you know, I probably don't want to hear this, but I think Love does have the most upside. Like if we kind of look at it on a case by case. I don't think Howell is anything to write home about yet. Um, Ritter, I think, is really struggling in, in the passing game. Purdy is obviously really solid. I think he's seems like the perfect quarterback for the Niners system, someone just reliable and steady. He's not going to put up all pro numbers or anything, but uh, he's he's 
right for them. But I, I do think in terms of talent, at least, yeah, Love has the upside. Steve? I feel good now. Like, I was agreeing with Derek a lot, and I was getting, like, that's fine and all, but I really need to get the juices pumping again after that last question, so I feel good. Um, I think I disagree with most of what he said, and I really like Derek, so it's not personal here, but, you know, let's have some fun here. To me, just snapshot so we can kind of move along. To me, Sam Howell is what people thought Baker Mayfield was going to be, though we still see a little too much, a little bit of Baker Mayfield and Sam Howell. I like what I'm seeing out of him so far. Sample size is small, though. This could get sideways on us quickly. Um, I don't dislike Jordan Love. I, I, so that's, I'm just maybe less fond of him. I don't think he's got the highest ceiling in this group. So I'm kind of there with you. Brock Purdy. I don't feel like I can get a gauge on Brock Purdy. I think the San Francisco offense is so good. Like a, like, I think he's going to do what Jimmy Garoppolo did minus the injuries. He will be a good quarterback, 12 to 18 overall by the time the year is done, assuming he's injury free. He's got some good weapons. He doesn't screw it up. But I think the guy that's got the upside is Desmond Ritter. I I go into this knowing I've got a little bit of bias. I He seems like a genuinely good dude, so that may be getting um, in my mind. But six starts, I watched that Packer game, and, like, the wheels looked like they were starting to come off. When Young Wei Koo misses an extra point, like, you just assume it is time to stop playing football that day. <laughs> but he that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and he didn't get a touchdown for this, but he improvised a play and threw a touchdown to Matt Collins. And Matt Collins made a great attempt to try to make it a touchdown, but like he basically got his, the balls of his feet down, but they set. And then just when he brought his heel down, they called him out. And I'm doing a bad job explaining it, but it was a great improv- improvisation. Great catch. When he's back there, it looks like it's more controlled chaos than just like, He's got no clue what's going on. He's going to just do something stupid here. So I'm excited to see where this can go. But I think where you guys are going to, sample small, sample size is small. Let's see. But that's kind of my take on the young guns right now. I might have a little bias toward Howell because he threw the ball three times to Johan Dotson. So I was not uh, very happy about that. And it was like three of his first five passes. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dodson that, just needs to uh, act like a diva and then uh, have have Sam come over and calm him down. He'll get some more yeah, passes. Right. So uh, for those keeping track, we're on to number seven. Uh, we went into our Monday night games in our league uh, with three matchups that could go either way. Um, they're, they're very close at that point. Uh, maybe even a fourth if you if you considered a, a defensive player in, a, in another matchup. So four out of five matchups. We're still in flux. Um, so do you personally enjoy the tension of not knowing your fate on Monday night, or would you rather have things wrapped up either way, Derek? I mean, in a perfect world, I'd rather have everything just resolved on Sunday. I think it sucks on Sunday night to have the anticipation you got to sleep on not knowing the results. But I will say, come Monday, it's like afternoon, there's kind of that nervous excitement that starts building up. You're looking forward to the game. So there's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me, but, but definitely in the perfect world, get everything done in one day. But I also want to watch football on Thursday and Monday, and I could watch football any day of the week. So, you know, it's, it's a give and take. As long as it's not Thursday night football that just, okay. A sludge, drudge, 
the stain of my existence. I just hate it so much. But I'm with you for the most part. I don't like Mondays. I don't like the not knowing. It's just it's just gross. And it never feels safe. Like you, we talked about the three games that were pretty snug going into Monday night. And we're going to talk about them more, especially Lucas's game was a bit of a heartbreaker. Oh, but God, the, no. Well, maybe we won't then. But the thing <laughs> that flies under the radar, Alex wound up winning by, I think it was 1.04 points because TJ Watt, somebody stacked the quarterback, so he got the fumble recovery, ran in for a touchdown. I mean, just blew up his stats at the end. Then Chubb got injured, and he wound up just holding on. So, like, just to have to watch like the slow death, like ugh, no thanks. Yeah, well, to to piggyback off that, I was the opposite way that you touched on, right? You know, Alex held on, but um, I ended up losing by eight tenths of a point uh, because the very last play Micah Fitzpatrick made before he went to the hospital, he couldn't have done that sooner, was a shoestring tackle on TJ Ford on that seventy-five yard almost touchdown run. Um, if he would have scored that touchdown, that's not a tackle. I, I win by two tenths of a point. Um, but he was one inch short of the goal line. So I literally lost my matchup by one inch. Um, I, I dare anybody to beat that. So Alex, what about you? Do you like, oh, look, uh, are you, are you calling him TJ Ford out of spite? Cause you've done that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, I have. What's his name? I don't know who that is. It's Ford, isn't it? I'm Ford. Jerome? Oh, I don't know. TJ, Jerome, it's the same thing. It's- I would have done that if it was me, so I didn't know if you were just kind of going some shtick there, but okay, yeah. Anyway. His name is The Jerome Ford. TJ <laughs> Jerome. Alex, what about you? How do you feel about Monday nights? Um, I'm not impartial. I've won games because of Monday nights, and I've lost games because of Monday nights. So, like, Going into Monday, if I'm behind, I'm a little, I don't know why I'm a little more partial towards it, because I feel like when I'm ahead and it's an important Monday matchup, I always lose. You know what I mean? But when I'm behind, it's like a nice little happy surprise when I win. Yeah, that might be why I kind of um, enjoy those Monday nights, because at least in the past few years, I've usually had to play catch up. And so it's been like, ah, I can I still have a chance. I still have a chance, right? And so I go into Monday night thinking I could win. I never do, uh, but at, at least it it helps the Monday night game. So, um, speaking of uh, bad news, uh, there never seems to be any good news around our boy Jamison Williams. Um, uh, currently serving a six game suspension for betting. I think I don't know. I don't even know the details. I don't know. You bet on some games. Good job. I hope you won. Uh, the latest news about him is uh, he has a he has a new diet uh, in his extended off season of flaming hot Cheetos and canned queso. Apparently, he's been watching too much TikTok and and following new trends. Uh, Alex, are you calling him a bust yet? Absolutely not. I you know I I, I don't think we can knock on a guy that's eating some Cheetos and some queso <laughs> without you know what if it tastes good. Lucas? Apparently it does. A lot of people say it's really good. So, you know. So maybe that's just the secret. You know what? And he's not playing. And, you know, he's more athletic than I'll ever be. So I'm not going to question his diet. I could tell you I'd be worried if he ate those pregame because, man, he'd be uh, taking an early halftime stroll down the tunnel probably. So. Or. (laughs) Derek, what do you think? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep choosing living over eating that stuff. Uh, that looked pretty nasty. And uh, I don't know if you guys like have people in your life that it just seems like drama. Their lives are just drama filled. And at first it seems like, oh, it's a coincidence. Someone and things always happen to them. But then the more you start to see a pattern of like people just find a way to to go to the drama. So I am wondering if that is kind of the case with him, that we have a pattern that has emerged. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to disagree with Alex. I, I think we're we're trending toward a bust right now for him. Yeah, I was telling Steve earlier, for some reason, I get really bad Mike Williams vibes out of him. Um, he was another wide receiver that the Lions traded up to get. Um, it's I, I don't know. Uh, it has not been a good start for him. I know he's got the talent, um, but it takes a little bit more focus, I think, uh, to succeed in this league. And I'm, I'm questioning whether he has that. Steve? At this point, what are you hanging your hat on besides being the number 11 pick in the draft and the 41-yard touchdown? Like, if he'd been a fifth rounder, is he even on the team right now? So. Yeah, fair point. I'm tapped out. I want to be wrong. I'm not. Yeah, this is one of those, yeah, that you hope you're wrong on for sure. All right, so let's uh, jump into a brand new uh, segment for this season. Priority pickups. All right, so you've got the first waiver pick uh, this week. Who you taking and why? Uh, Derek, we'll start with you. Yeah, this is good advice. Everyone give me your best suggestions. <laughs> I'm taking that uh, T.J. Ford. Oh, uh, he's a good player. <laughs> Who, by the way, was a was a former NBA point guard, uh, Wake Forest point guard T.J. Ford. You know what? Maybe that's why the name's in my head. Also, I cannot stop calling Josh Allen Jared Allen, uh, the former Vikings uh, defensive lineman. So you know, it's just me in my head. I I jumble the pronunciation of names all the time, but um, I do think that. Uh, Jerome Ford, I think, is is uh, the most intriguing pickup right now. And then you mean Jerome? Yeah, Jerome. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it right one of these weeks, Mr. <laughs> Ford. Like I said, case in point. Uh, but it, I mean, Zach Moss is kind of intriguing, but it sounds like Taylor might be coming back soon, so that would be just kind of a, a short term deal. Uh, Alex. Who are you laying a claim in for this week? Okay, so I want Jerome Ford, but Kareem Hunt just had a visit in Cleveland. So. Yep. I don't know. Who do you think, Steve? <laughs> I'll weigh in on it, but I do think, unfortunately, this is the downside to moving waivers to Wednesday, and I'm not, I'm not having a problem with it. It's just, it is a fact. Like, we'd have an extra day if what waivers weigh Thursday morning to see what happens today with Kareem Hunt. Um, I think that you need, I would put in a way, I'm going to put in a waiver claim on Jerome Ford. I'll tip my hand, Alex. So if you want them, you're going to have to put the claim in. And I'm guessing it doesn't stop at me if I don't put the claim in. I think you've got a guy who's walking into probably will be 
lead back share. He has shown to be the part through these two games. The offense is built in a way, the running scheme is built in a way that uh, they can support a running back to do well. I personally, I don't think Kareem Hunt, he may sign, but I, I think that we have seen the best day. So I think the worst case scenario is just Kareem Hunt is the guy that gets a third of the snaps and Jerome Ford is still the guy that gets two thirds of the snaps. Um, outside of Jerome Ford, this does not feel like a week that I have anybody that I'm prioritizing, but I'm a little snake bitten because I went and got Josh Kelly and played the, the waiver wire or the, that basically plug and play. Austin Eckler's out. Josh Kelly stepped in. I thought he'd get some of that action and he could not have been worse. So, Jerome Ford or Buster me, I don't think there's anybody else. Yeah, that's who I was planning on picking up. So I was also going to try to pick up Jerome Ford. But then I do have a question. How come I can't put people on IR? Uh, you can put them on IR if they are out and you have an open slot available. Uh, okay. We will troubleshoot Alex's technical issues after the podcast. Um well, Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd also uh just I want to give honorable mentions out there if we're looking at other positions. Um uh Mac Jones is currently the number two quarterback in our league. Um, which I find interesting. Uh that's one I think uh to we need to keep an eye on. I don't think he stays there, uh, but he's certainly had a good start. Um I hate to even say this, but Russell Wilson is number three. Do with that what you will. Um, but he is poison in our league. Um, I don't know a lot of people who even want to take a flyer out on him anymore. And then finally, uh, Josh Reynolds, Detroit wide receiver, is number 11 in our league right now, averaging 15.6 points a game. Um, I think if somebody's looking for a receiver, that's that's one I would keep an eye on. Hey, I wanted to – I'm not going to – I think your comments for who you'd pick, uh, they all made sense, but I wanted to add, too, I think there's a nuance to this whole thing, like, for Alex and for me, picks one and two in the waiver wire. It feels like it is Jerome Porter bust. I'm not using claim on Mac Jones. Now, if you are seven, eight, nine, ten in the order and you just go back a few spots, those, those arguments that you're talking about, those make sense. And I might also even look at a pickup of the DST like Kansas City playing Justin Fields in Chicago. That's probably going to be a heyday. So that is a reminder to be specific about where you're at and waiver priority and who you're looking to uh, go backwards for. Absolutely. All right, number 10. So I'm not sure uh, if you guys have heard of this, but last week I came across an interesting tweet from a one Mr. Barry Sanders. Uh, everybody knows who Barry is, so we will not even uh, discuss uh, Wait, his... Wait, do you know who Barry is? Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Okay. This is an NFL podcast. If you don't know who Barry Sanders is, you don't deserve to even... No, we're not even going to go there. So here is, back ever. here is, thank you very much. Here's what Barry tweets. Over the last year, I have been filming the definitive movie on my life with Prime Video and Amazon Studios. The great mystery of why I walked away will be answered once and for all. Stream Bye Bye Barry on November 21st. So, Steve... Why did Barry walk away once and for all? So I've never forgiven Barry Sanders for walking away. And I hope he gets a case of gout. I <laughs> That's pretty I mild. Just, <laughs> well, I don't want to wish anything too bad on him. That's just, you know. But 
it was so – it's why I still have anger at Andrew Luck. Like, it's not like he said March – and I'm getting to this, uh, your, to your answer. It's not like he said in March or April, two months after the season ended, all right, I think I'm good. Like, go figure out what you want to do. No, let's build an offense around you, and you go ahead and walk away like two weeks before the season starts, and we've got James Cagney or James Stewart or whoever his name is running in the backfield on what was an otherwise fairly decent team. So, I don't know, probably lack of a heart or other organs specific to the male genitalia are the reasons he walked away. Okay, so Barry was a coward. That's Steve's answer. Uh, Alex, what's your answer? Mm, Let Derek go next. All right, Alex is thinking of a good answer. What do you think, Derek? So I think it was the coach that he really hated, uh, Ross. Right? Wasn't he the coach was it, when he left? Was it Bobby Ross when he it left? Was Bobby, Ross. Bobby Ross, yeah. So he had to go from uh, Wayne Fonts, who I know I think is still beloved in in Detroit, and had a great situation there. And then Ross was the you know military guy, whatever it was. Personalities did not jive there. So I am going to guess it was uh, it was related to the coaching. All right, Alex, you're up. I'm going to say I can't think of a good answer. He maybe he was just like tired, you know. He was like he was out of vacation days and just wanted to like go on a trip. <laughs> I think that's more likely than Steve's answer. Yeah, I. I always thought I'm like, yeah, you know, Barry, we all want to walk away from this team. Uh, I get it. Um, and then the same thing happened to Kelvin Johnson as well. He kind of retired a little early too. So um, it's going to be something around the organization for me. Uh, it took a long, him a long time to even come back to the organization or be involved or be seen. Um, there's something that the ownership or somebody did that really, I think for both of them, uh, kind of rubbed them the wrong way. So I don't know. We'll see. November 21st. Calvin Johnson said a bunch of times, it's just like his body was falling apart. And like he'd get out of bed and he'd have to like shuffle because he couldn't pick up his legs. And he was like, I'm just done. But then he was mad at the Lions because they took his money away. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd be mad too. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry. I don't have any really cool music for this part, but. That's because it's always supplied for us. So, Alex, you got something for us today? Oh, I got some music. Um, one is the bestest of numbers that there's ever been. Ten can sometimes be as good as one, but ten still the be- ten's nowhere near as best as number one. Love it. There you go. How about that? Was that good? That was excellent. Thank you. Kind of messed up there at the end. Anyway, you guys, I'm over here. You guys all talking about Jameson William being trashed. And we're having our first snack taste test over here. I bought some Flamin' Hot Cheetos along with some Meyer Salsa Con Queso. Oh, you did yes. it! Yep, we can hear that. Oh, that's spicy. I love you so much, Alex. So, have you guys eaten Hot Cheetos before? No, I can't say that I have. They are hot. <clears throat> they are very hot. I just ate a plain one. For our audience to know, I am not usually good with hot. But we're going to try it with some, some con queso here, and we're, we're going to officially get Jameson Williams off the hook. We're going to find out if he's really, you know, as good as, okay. So, 
That's pretty good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a little spicy, but I think Jameson Williams is onto something. I think he was just sharing something. You know, I'm going back for more. This is my this is my third Cheeto now. I'm dipping in cheese sauce. <laughs> Megan, you want to try? All right, I'm inviting a guest taste tester. Megan, you Excellent. want to try? What are we thinking? That's not bad. Yeah. This is surprisingly not bad. She's going back for a second. All right. I think Jameson Williams deserves to get let off the hook here, you guys. I think he found something pretty good. Excellent. He is not a bust. No, he's not. This is, dare I say, he, he has founded more food snack suggestions than any other NFL player in my life. Where would you where would you scale this on snacks from like you know the the one being those like gross little candies hard candies that when your grandma's candy dish growing up to ten well okay that depends like where those originals are solid the strawberry ones are busting yeah I'm getting old now Steve you're over the age of forty go buy a where those originals you'll find a new appreciation for it you can't knock grandma's candy dish. That's yeah, you never met my grandmother, so you walk that back right now, sir. <laughs> well, Alex <laughs> did, and he agrees with me. So Alex was nine. He was a moron. Okay, whatever your one on the candy scale is, or the, the snack scale is, to ten, whatever your ten is, where would you put this? Like a six? I was exactly thinking a six. Like a six, yeah. This is pretty good. I actually, like, because I think I might, like, try this with spicier queso. Because I got medium. I wonder if I get some spicier case, would be even good. So then here's what we'll do. So we'll have a secondary podcast where we'll see how I feel the next day. <laughs> we will make sure to follow up on that next week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If Alex just keeps eating for the rest of the pod, it's just going to get funnier and funnier and harder to concentrate. <laughs> oh, well, I hope we get to the bit. I'd like to hear how this evolves. I think Derek has a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. Don't get me wrong. This tastes like heartburn, but in a good way. So if heartburn had a taste, it would be Flaming Hot Cheetos Con Queso. Yeah, kind of, right? I've been, I've been hearing some coughs and some hiccups over there. That's, that well, must be pretty spicy. It's spicy, and I'm a, I'm a sensitive little kid guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was Alex Turner's one for one. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Are you going to keep working it, though, during the show? Huh? You going to keep working the Cheetos and Queso during the show? Oh, yeah. Meg and I are down to these right now. Love it. Okay. All right, Steve. Take us into the drinkings. All right. Am I the one doing that? Sure. You 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 normally do. I didn't know if our fancy new equipment were going to segue me into that. Okay, but it's not, and I knew that. I was just testing you, but silly, because you always pass those tests. All right, gentlemen. Just a reminder that last week's list was as follows. Bobber, one. Junior, two. Eric, three. I was at four. Cameron, five. Matthew, six. Lucas Hewer, seven. Alex, eight. Carly, nine. Lucas, your missus, ten.
So before we get into it, I am just curious from the table, and we'll just rapid fire. Where do you all think you should be this week? One is the best of the numbers. That's where I should be. Love it. Thank you. Oh, no. well, I hope I'm not 10, but I'm worried I will be and maybe should be 10. Thanks. Well, uh, historically, there isn't as as big of a change after the first couple of weeks, even if you do get lowest score. So uh, these are the Jenkins. Remember, they don't make the most of sense. Uh, I probably will end up right about where I was uh, last week. That's where I should be. All right. Well, let's get the ball rolling, gentlemen. Who is 10? Kelly? Yes, we all know it's Kelly. Yeah. Kelly Kelly knows it's Kelly. Derek, could you co-sign on that as well? Yep. No. Oh. Uh-oh. I'm kidding. Of course it's Kelly. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to say she, the number nine team won last week because they played her. <laughs> so. Um. So one of the things that we've evolved to is we don't want to delve too much into teams um, overall, but I think players on teams do raise questions. So I just want to ask you guys uh, real quick. Um, what are your thoughts? Panics on the panic scale. You've got Josh Jacobs didn't have a good week one. Last, yes, sorry, Sunday, nine carries, negative two yards. Derrick Henry averaging three and a half carries through two weeks. Where are you? There's something to be concerned about. If this is the core of her team or this will, this ship will write itself, at least those players. I'm sorry, you said Derrick Henry had three and a half carries over the last no, two weeks? He's averaging three and a half yards a carry. Thank you. Okay. Um, no, I will tell you straight from the source. Um, she would consider a successful season four and ten. Uh, she doesn't think she's going higher than that. She knows her team sucks. Uh, she is not happy with her team. She is doing her best, uh, but she self-admits she should stay in the gutter for now. Sadly, I agree with Kelly's assessment on her own team. Yeah, I think just a tough break. She took a couple of chances on things that have not panned out. So right now it's kind of like the sun got in the pips is this team. But if ETN's back, that'll help. Anyway, all right, so we will wish for better days. And our, as our most recent two-time champion, she does know what she's doing. Just uh, off to a rough go this year. All right, nine. Carly? I'll say Matt. Was eight. Alex was eight, but he won. I will say it's Carly. All right. So the two teams that said Carly, you are still alive. Was nine, stays nine. Right. We. So looking at Carly's team, um, I think. Uh, I mean, she needs Eckler to come back uh, right away. And I think there's still a little bit of – there's still some firepower here, like the core with Kelsey, Higgins, Eckler, Lawrence. I think there's 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 some more upside here, um, but uh got to get healthy. So you're not – we haven't had you on the show this year. You are not as high on this team as I am, or you're higher on this team than I am. Yeah, a little bit. 
You realize they're a team with David Montgomery, though. Like, that automatically should just keep you in the bottom third. <laughs> I know all of our biases do come out here, uh, but, no, I do I do see the point. And also, Austin Eckler on the bench. Hopefully he makes a comeback, though. The most recent thing I heard was not the most optimistic, so we shall see. All right, eight. Derek. Yeah, I'm going to say I dropped all the way to eight. I'm going to say it's me. All right, nobody's got a shot. Wait, one more time. Who did who? Did who? You, wait, Alex and Derek, you said Derek. Lucas, you said you. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're all out. Hmm. I don't know who it could. Matt? Matt. Not that, would be, that would be really rough. I'll I'll say it stays Alex. Was eight stays eight Alex. Okay. Did you did you hate eat a Cheeto in response to that? No. <laughs> I'm rolling up the bag. I'm finished eating them now. I wanted to eat enough to get the positive experience of how tomorrow goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I do. Thanks for taking one for the team. So I think the highest point of my team. Hey, did any quarterback get hurt in the first two weeks? This is a secondary question. Burrow, Burrow and Richardson, right? Yeah, well, they 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 have a chance of coming back, I suppose. But yeah, there has yeah. besides Rogers going out oh, on the geez. first play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I would just like to congratulate Jeff Burrows on being the 31st ranked quarterback in the league. Um, will he come back? I don't know. I was wondering if there was one other person on one team that didn't play a full season yet that was worse than him, but I don't know who it is. But anyway, I still believe in him. Joe Burrow will come back, although I am thinking about starting Tua, even though Tua did even worse than him last week. So having having a, a stuck time there. Um, I lost my boy Chubb. He's out, so that hurts my feelings. So... But, hey, we all now know it that I'm going to get a guy named Ford, so hopefully he comes up. Um, and the Detroit Lions, um, I won because they let TD Lockett get a bunch of points, so that was very bittersweet. So that was my week. <laughs> kind of sad. Let me tell you, if there's one thing that takes me out of fantasy, it's when I win because they destroy the Lions. You know? <laughs> it hurts the most because I'm like, nice. Yeah, I know. Ken Walker gets touchdowns. Cam and I cheer because of various teams, and but it's against the Lions. I'm there with you. It hurts my soul, but hey, I think my team still got some talent. I think Joe Burrow still got some heart. Um, I also feel bad for everybody that has Jamar Chase. We picked him this early, but maybe he'll come back. I believe in him too. Let's go Bengals. This is the perfect year to put all my offense in the Bengals. Hold on, Alex. Give me one player in the NFL, the fantasy-relevant world, you don't believe in. Russell Wilson. That doesn't count. That's like the first <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. You know, you're at least off the, the positivity square, so I'm going to let it fly. Okay. Oh, no, there's a couple of players, let me tell you, that I've talked about where I've drafted it, and they, they immediately go on my do-not-draft-again list. So, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> he shouldn't be. He's pretty decent, but I don't like him because he was on my team and he tore his ACL and he was gone. You know what I mean? Well, After he just I, he just sprained his ankle, so. Right. 
after Tom Brady got hurt and I had to pick up Matt Castle, I never wanted Matt Castle again. And that's no offense to Matt Castle. I bet he's a fine young gentleman. But there's a couple players that definitely leave some bad taste in my mouth. Is that, is that a good answer? I No, I very much appreciate it. So You're welcome. That was all right. All right. Seven. That saves me. Lucas. I'll save me. Uh, I'm going to tangent real quick. I'm sorry, um, and I don't care because it's my show. I pay the fee for us to podcast every month. So here's here's how my brain works. Uh, Lucas, like, it's going to be me. Reminds me of the fantasy footballer drops every May where they play Justin Timberlake play. It's going to be May when it's yeah. May, which right. makes me think of NSYNC getting back together, which made me yep. think of the picture I saw at NSYNC in the BMAs and where I'm going. Did anybody else feel like three-fifths of those members were wearing their aunt's pantsuits on that, in that picture? <laughs> yes, uh, a lot of them did not age well. Lance Bass aged really well, though, but he had the mother of all pantsuits. I did not say all of them. I said a lot of them. Touche. Oh no, I'm not. We're, I want everybody's answer to this question. We're, we're holding on for a second. Uh, okay, I have zero insight. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, you haven't seen the Derek? No. Sorry. Oh, you may if you can run a quick Google search. In sync, I think at the VMAs they presented an award and it came out that they're going to be recording their first album in 20 years, and they were dressed up. It looked like you know a grandpa and his four kids. The grandpa being Joey Fontone. Well, I think they look nice. You do not think they look like three-fifths of them are wearing their aunt's pantsuit? No, I feel like they all, it's like, it's almost like a kid trying to wear a suit because they're all too big. But that was the style in the 90s. JT's going to look good in anything. Let's just say that. Yeah, he won life. Who Who's the guy in the baby powder blue one with the wannabe Bono sunglasses? Oh, that's J.C. Chazé. Yeah, okay, well, that explains it. And then the guy who decided to... Yeah, well, I was going to say, the guy who decided to wear a color suit that clashes with his color of hair. Okay, you know what? Is that purple hair? That's Lance Bass, sir. That's Lance? Oh. It does look like on the way to the VMAs, Justin Timberlake stopped in the Nordstrom's and just bought them all a suit as close as they could find that was (laughs) good. Yeah, it's like I got a present for y'all, and like, it was I'm all, not, it was I'm all not sure on, he looked the best. I am not going on stage with you guys wearing t-shirts and shorts for stopping at Nordstrom's. <laughs> a staple I, of the Pacific Northwest. And what may also be throwing me off is like it seems like the latest fashion trend has been like suits that were too tight, and it's kind of gross. Like I've never gotten into that, so maybe like they're overcorrecting or this, I don't know. But yeah, that just I had to get that out of my system. So thank you all. Um, I just got it out. I saw the picture. I agree with the original assessment. Thank you. Yes. So all of that takes us to it's going to be May. Lucas, you are you you are we're seven states seven. We've had no adjustments in the rankings so far. Yeah, no, that feels right. I, you know, we talked earlier about how my week went, which was awful. I think my bench outscored my starters. Um, so there will definitely be some changes in starting lineups for me next week. Um, but to put it in a different perspective, 
if I look at who's on the waiver wire and I look at who's on my bench, I don't want to put in a claim for anybody because I don't want to get rid of anybody. So I still have faith. I've got the the Alex uh, optimism alive and well uh, with me and my team. It just has been really bad luck and has not fallen for me. And it seems to do this every season. I always have a hole to climb out of, um, and I hate it. But just like Monday night, I still have a chance. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that 6-8 and eight is going to get you in the playoffs this year, so you basically have to tread water. And I don't know what your lineups thing, decisions you're thinking of making are, but if it was me, I am putting uh, Puka Nakua and George Pickens in for the bottom two wider – I'm sorry, for and, uh, Madison and Godwin. But I've also, like – Ryan Robinson is actually more productive than Bijan Robinson at this point in the year, which – will sort itself out, but I mean, that may also be a contender to play this week. Like you've got options. You're not, an, you are better than an O and two team. Yep. No, I'm, I'm actually thinking of, um, uh, Brian Robinson for in the flex and, and Puka's in at the third wide receiver spot next week is, is my initial thoughts. Um, my God, he set a rookie record for 15 catches on 20 targets uh in his game um against the 49ers like are you freaking kidding me i i don't want cooper cup to ever come back that's my only concern at this point like i he's definitely legit enough to throw in the starting lineup and and to ride ride and die man i'm not trying to be funny with this part like i'm gonna bag on scouts for a little bit with the full understanding they've got really hard work to do i'm sure if we were scouts we would miss things all the time but like I, I'm genuinely curious, like, what is it about Puka Nakua that in the, the draft process, like, had him fall to the fifth round? Like, I had, I was listening to a lot of stuff going into this, and I never heard his name until we got into draft season. So this was not like, so I'm curious, like, what was the thing? Is he short? Is he small? Were they worried about an injury history? Like, what was his hang up? Yeah. Maybe he just got at the right place at the right time like maybe Stafford style and the offense they run and the position they need him to play just just was a perfect storm and matched I don't know all I know about it is that he's got a really fun name to say that's all I know about him and here we go yeah that's fine what I heard with the the background with him is that he did have an injury I think whether it's sophomore junior year but his numbers were just not that impressive at BYU and it I mean, not compared to, you know, the, the top core of wide receivers. So in a conference that I think is known for being more pass happy. So his stash just didn't, you know, blow anybody out of the water. I don't know how he did in the combine or what, but, uh, it, it does seem like one of those mysteries. Well, that makes sense. Okay. So BYU has given us Tyler Algier in the fourth round. And I'm not being funny. I think he's a good running back. He just had the bad luck of getting partnered up with Bijan Robinson and now they've given us Buka. So. All right. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I would be stunned if you were not, um, in a better place than seven next year. Anyway, or next week. Okay. Moving on. Who is six? Me. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll have, have Alex. He's, he's trying to find that, that lady that was talking out of his computer. He's searching inside his computer right now. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it sounds like she's like picking vegetables in Stardew Valley, but like I don't have anything open, I promise. I'm not this bad at computers. I'll be back. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Number six was Matt last week. Um, yeah. I feel that this is where Derek falls. I'm sorry, Derek. Did you already co-sign that? Yeah, I did. All apologies. All right. You both got it right. We've had our first movement in the week. We have gone from three to six. Derek, talk to us about the silent assassins. Yeah, I was kind of sandbagging earlier. I thought it'd be like 10 or nine or something, but, uh, I, I'm concerned about, uh, my team. I think I have the lowest, uh, total output for week two. Um, you got, you had said about my team, you said that, you know, I have three running backs and if one of them, uh, plays okay or, you know, does a serviceable job, then I'll be fine. But, uh, lost one to injury with Dobbins and the other two, like Sanders is, you know, had a bad, okay, week one, not so good week two, but, uh, Pierce, Damian Pierce looks really bad right now. So I, I, I feel like I'm very weak at that position. Herbert's doing a nice job. Um, I got two receivers that have concussions right now or in the protocol. Actually, Adams might be out of the protocol, but uh, I'm really banking on these lower-end wide receivers to uh, have good seasons. So I need either Dotson or Flowers or um, Watson to come back for me to, I think, uh, be a serious team this year. So uh, I have I have plenty of cause for concern. Yeah, I'd say that that's fair. Um, Damian Pierce, I, I know he had a lot, um, a lot of press and, and good press around him a couple of years ago. To me, he seems like a, like a Javante Williams almost, right? Like there's all that promise there, but just hasn't quite clicked or hit yet. Um, I also wonder how much that has to do with, with the team he's on, right? And the rookie quarterback and all that. Yeah. So not to say that he, he will never be a good player. He, he yeah, he obviously isn't putting up the points for you right now. Um, and he could click at some point in his career, but, um, I, I, I wonder is all. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Texans have, I think arguably the worst offensive line. So I, I do think there is a, a lot about just being in, in bad system. There's talent there, but he's, he still has to, you know, prove himself find a way. Alex. Hi. You, did you get that laid out of your computer? Okay, yeah. Steam was playing a video, but it wasn't open. And I don't know how it did that. Yep. But I figured it out. Well, there you go. See? You're good, you're good at tech. What can I say? I'm a computer genius. Love it. It, I like the team, Derek. You're right. Like, I just, my, what happened to the running back room? Like, I wanted to believe in Damian Pierce, but it just seems like maybe that good stretch was more of an outlier. I don't know. Like, he's not, he's not even averaging three yards of carry right now. Like, I just, I think it's a running back away, but that's, that's the good news. If you can, you know, well, we don't wish injuries on anybody. If you work your way up the waiver wire and we have another situation where somebody goes out and there's a clear path for a current backup to be a starter, I think you're off to the races. But uh, I think there's enough firepower to keep you alive until then. So I think last week is the exception and not the norm. I appreciate that more positive outlook. I might be open for business for a running back trade. So if the league wants to just to, you know, keep their ears uh, open for that. Hmm. I wonder if Kelly might be partners. 
I I yeah, it might be too. I I need I need help at receiver. I was I might I don't know. I'd entertain it. Are you interested in maybe a DeAndre Swift? I might actually be. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I know because he's doing good, Steve. He <laughs> <laughs> had a crowded backfield, but uh, he, he, he had twenty-seven really carries. Something nuts. Yeah, he had he had some career highs. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll the dice that that is actually the exception also and not the norm, but maybe I'll be wrong and maybe DeAndre Swift will be not what he's been for the last three years. Hurt. I think my favorite, my favorite DeAndre Swift moment, if we can take a stroll down memory lane is, oh wait, that doesn't work. That was the other running back who played. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no. the back. Let's see where this leads. Let, let's no. go. No, I know I will, but you have to remind me who was kind of the guy before Carry on, Carry on Johnson. Ah, yeah. yeah. It was actually when they drafted DeAndre Swift. I, I loved it. Like you know, you're watching the draft, and like then they draft Carry on Johnson because we're all fucking morons in Detroitville. Like we're like, all right, this is gonna be great. And like ten minutes later, Carry on Johnson, or sorry, DeAndre, yeah, no, Carry on tweets out that like. He's currently reading and enjoying the current Harry Potter book, like just a random coincidence <laughs> that he just wants the world to know he's around and he's doing fine. That's what makes him sound cool. Or how about Carrie Ann Johnson right now? Does that what makes Carrie Ann Johnson cool? Hey, he was like one of the first. He was what? How many games did we go without a single twenty-yard rush? Like fifty. <laughs> the nineties. Yeah, and he broke it. So I always remember him for that. Even if he was then very quickly replaced out of nowhere. All right. right. Who is five? I'm going to say that's Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. I said Matt. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, sorry. No, I did miss it. So thank you. Uh, Derek got it right. Um, despite the loss, Matt goes up from six to five. Matt lost this week, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. With the second highest score. That's what I didn't. That's what I, okay. So clearly continue to love this team. McCaffrey stays healthy. You still look at Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman. I, it's a good team. I don't need to stay here long. Cooper Cup comes back. I, uh, bench AJ Dillon, but outside of that, I like the team. I think they're going to be okay, and uh, I think we all want Cooper Cup to come back just because football will be fun. So way to go, Matt. I believe in you, and uh, I don't know. This is trailing off. So moving on, four. Steve. No, no, stop. That's what I want to ask you guys about. DeAndre Swift, A.J. Brown, who would you rather have this year? Ooh. Swift or Brown? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think Brad will be just fine. I don't think you need to worry about Brown. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, and I'm not – I don't mean one's going to be great, one's going to be sucking. I think they both have potential to be top 12 quarter wide receivers, so this is of me being very high on the two of them. But with what you've seen in the two games, do you think Devontae Smith has become the Batman? Oh, Smith. I thought you said Dion, uh, I thought you said Swift. You did. Yeah. Oh, I probably did by accident, but no, I meant Devonta Smith. Um, 
I I would actually go Devonta Smith. I, I'm going to say Brown is. I think there's there's still a little talent discrepancy that I'm going to I'm going to stick with Brown, even though um, Smith is off to a great start, which I'm not surprised by. But I I think I still think Brown is very elite talent. I'm going to say I'm going to still say Brown too. I think that's who I would stick with. Agreed. But Devonta Smith continues to win me over. So. All right. So anyway, I just saw that with Matt's team, and I felt like I wanted to say something besides that rambling nonsense. So, all right. So he's got a stud there. Now we are on to four. Steve. 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 It's going to be Steve. Uh, I think every week this year I have been four, so we'll keep it brief. Uh, one of the things Derek and I will joke about it. We used to at work. Um, on to Cincinnati. Didn't deserve to win the game. Won the game. Um, I stupidly put in Joshua Kelly. Had I done what I wanted to do, put Michael Thomas in, I would have had a middle-of-the-pack score. Uh, I believe in the team. We will be replacing Shaquille Leonard. Thank you for a few years of dominance, and you are just a jag now. And good luck. All right, three. Can I just quick give kudos for the Kyrie Williams pickup? I think that will uh, prove to work out very nicely for you. That was something else, like, I don't know what time it became public now, but like at 12.58 is when I saw the Jay Glazer report that Cam Akers is getting shipped out and Kyron Williams was going to be the guy. Like, I want – forget the Barry Sanders mystery. Like, I want to know what the heck Cam Akers is doing to kind of get, like, on the verge of being traded, come back and start and be good, and then on the verge of being traded or cut again. Like, what is going on there? When was he That's ever so good? Weird. He ended last year really well. He was He was spectacular. Congratulations on those four games, Cam. See ya. Do you ever um, do you remember the movie from the eighties, Can't Buy Me Love, with uh, Patrick Dempsey? It had me at eighties. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the character was Ronald Miller, and he kept moving from being unpopular to being popular, and then he was unpopular again. I feel like this is what the Cam Maker situation is like. He has a stretch of five games, and they love him and they support him, and at the beginning of the season, he just moves right back into McVeigh's doghouse. And McVeigh never says anything, and then there's these like mysterious tweets from Acres. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. Like the Rams are this just fun little organization. They kick field goals with four seconds to go, and they're down by ten because you know that didn't disrupt the Vegas money line at all. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> Thank you on the kudos for the Kyron Williams thing. So who is three? I'm going to say Junior. Agreed, Junior. Yeah, I'm going, to say, I'm going to say Lucas. No. Really? Oh, Cam should have gone higher than that. I'll say three for Cam. I was like, Cam killed it last week. Bobby. Oh. <laughs> No, uh, was five, but doesn't jump up quite enough for you guys. Goes from five to three, Cameron. Yeah, back to three. He started the season there. Okay, I think I, I've got this one. Um, I would join the consensus that Cam had a great draft. Um, I think his team is looking really good. It, he said last week he was worried about his running backs, but um, I don't think he needs to be too worried. I think. Walker was a great pick. 
Um, Taylor is, seems to be on track to come back. And then, uh, Rashad White, you know, also had a, had a good game. And I think there's a lot of potential there. So got Jefferson, who I will, um, the rest of the season probably kick myself for not drafting him. Um, Metcalf Evans is, uh, sort of surprising me there in Tampa Bay. I, I didn't think Mayfield could put up these kind of performances, but, um, but yeah, I, I think Cam is going to be uh, a strong contender this year. And I am the one who was, uh, he held a grudge for the whole season last year when I, I predicted him to be the worst dude. So uh, I, I understand why he held a grudge, but I, I'm reversing course and praising his team now. Um, I wonder if Rashad White is a spot starter. Um, I didn't really believe in him that much before the season he had a great game but they played Chicago um and I think he comes back to earth next week so that might be a good spot starter uh Raheem Moster is just not consistent enough for me so that could be another hit or miss for him certainly service two serviceable backs until Taylor gets back um, but that might be that's really the only weak link I see there is which one of those guys to start and was he right or not He's got a heck of a dilemma. He's going to have to cut somebody when he activates Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I agree. I think that White. He'll cut Algier. I... Algier go bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, it's the one that makes the most sense, but it's. Uh, I think most of us won't mind having him on our team. Have him. Uh, Bijan went from 15 carries to high 20s last game. He's taken over lead back spots. Uh, Algier crash back to earth. Um, he's just going to be a five to seven point uh, a game running back, I think. Okay. Except they do run the ball like, you know, 60 times a game because a uh, Ritter can't pass uh, just to revisit that earlier topic. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree. But uh, it is a good point. There is a lot of running volume to go around. So even if he gets in the high 20s, that's still 15 carries for the other chap. But all right. So I think this is more about what one and two have done so far this year versus being a knock on cam that he's still at three. Two. Uh, uh, Junior? How does a team with Justin Fields at quarterback be ranked two. I just it, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Defense. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to my prior point about how defensive scoring is way too overbloated after our I league rule it. changes. It gives them purpose. They had purpose before. Now they, they decide they, games. Now they have purpose. I'm like, we watch a game. I have a guy going into Monday that's like a defensive tackle. I'm like, all right, let's get some points, man. I'm 25 down. I'm gonna win. Exactly. That's pretty awesome. This reminds me of a Cam team in the sense that, like, I remember multiple years Cam's team did not start out well, but cobbled it together well enough and then worked the waiver wire. And your dad, Lucas, did the same thing. That Then by the end of the year, he was a juggernaut. So, like, it worries me that we have not put the stake in the vampire right now. But, uh I think the I think the our number is inflated by what uh, particularly TJ Watt and the Cowboy defense has done, but they're on his team and the rules are the rules, so that makes him two. 
All right, number one. Bobby. Bob. Kerr. Oh, yeah, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it's Bobby, and I will just give you the cheat code from last week. I don't even see, like, if he had the worst score of the week, how he doesn't hold on to the top spot. He's that dominant right now. Well, thank God Saquon sprained his ankle. Um, maybe that'll slow him down a bit. I don't know. But yeah, He's I mean, plugging Gibbs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, he's got Nico Collins on his bench too, like, because that's that's an interesting one I've been watching as well. Um, he's he's been off to a really good start, but yeah. Don't sleep on Roshan Johnson. It's not happening anytime soon, but I think he's going to be the guy by the time the season is said and done. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? All right, fair enough. All right, so those are the rankings. It feels like they're, feels like the most part, nobody's really shocked by too much. They didn't think uh, Cam should have, they didn't think Junior should have been in front of Cam. Yeah, I, Cam, I mean, a 200 point game is nothing to scoff at. Those are those are quite rare even in the days of double defensive points. So um and beating the the team with the number 2 uh rank score like that was the only way he wins. Uh okay. and yeah. And early enough in the season I figured it would have been a bigger jump. I'm sure he's happy with 3 though. Yeah, Actually we'll enough. Scratch that. It came from you. He's probably not happy with 3. He wanted 1. <laughs> I can always, it's always fun. I like, I, uh, when I'm on the peak behind the curtain, I always go for a run Wednesday morning, a long run. And like, I can always know, like, by the time, from the time I get on my treadmill, the first, the first vibration on my, my Fitbit is going to be Cameron having to comment about his spot in the ranking. So I will pro- project that coming around 825 in the morning. But anyways, so let's move on to the upcoming week, the, the jank up of the week and week three, pardon me, because I can count, is one Bobby versus four Steve. Alexander, who do you have? I'm going to go with my boy Steve. Oh, you're the best. And you ate Cheetos for the show. Derek. Uh, it's not just because we disagree on the quarterbacks, but I'm going to take Bob in this one. Lucas. Uh, you were nice to me today. I'll pick you. I think if Aaron Jones plays, I win, but I think it's trending the other way, so I'm going to go the other way and say Bobby. All right, next we have two junior versus seven senior. Derek, who wins in the father-son bowl? (laughs) The upset. Senior is going to win. That's not an upset. Oh, sorry. Well, ratings-wise it is. That's an expected outcome. (laughs) What you got, senior? Uh, I continue to... Pick against myself until I prove myself otherwise. Junior gets the win. I'm going to go with Derek and take Senior. Where are you at, Alex? I'm going to go with Junior. Wait, wait. Who's Dallas playing this week? I guess that's my question. Oh, that's a great question. Was it the Rams this week? Somebody look that up while I queue up. The next matchup is three Cameron versus nine Carly. Lucas, who you got? Uh, Cameron. Uh, same. Alex. Cameron. Clean sweep, Derek. I got Cameron, too, and the Cowboys are out of Arizona. 
Yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna, that does not help. Okay. Next, five, Matthew versus ten, Kelly. I think Matthew gets the much needed win. Alex. Kelly. Derek. Matthew. Lucas. Uh, I want to pick Kelly. So I will. All right. So, so far the first of the first four matchups, three have been split and then everyone thinks Cam wins. So let's see what happens in the battle of podcasts hosts. Six, Derek versus eight, Alex. Who do you have, Alex? Me. Who do you have, Derek? Uh, Alex's team is coming in a little depleted, so I'm going to say me. I was really hoping you were going to parrot that and do the me as well, but I will hold on <laughs> to that for future episode. All right, Lucas, who you got? Alex! Yay! Because he uh, ate the Cheetos. He took one for the team. I ate more. I ate a couple. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, because Derek showed me the light by convincing me that Rodgers not, was not comparing himself to Christ, and despite his otherwise terrible take on Desmond Ritter, I am going to believe that this is the week that Derek takes Alex. All right. My recommended the, my recommendation of the week is going to continue to be Louder Milk until somebody can watch it and tell me how wonderful and fantastic and just spectacular this show is. What does everybody else have? Oh, I've got one. Uh, ESPN did a four-part documentary not too long ago on the life of Bill Walton called uh, The Luckiest Man in the World. I'm a big, uh, as you know, basketball fan. I love Bill Walton. I got to, like, live the uh, Blazers 77 championship for the first time well, since I wasn't born. I was born in 79. But it's a great uh, documentary. So uh, Bill Walton, luckiest man alive or in the world, whatever. Does he real quick? Does he come across as less over the top than he does when he's doing his commentating, or it's just the same dude? Oh, that is the same dude. So you can say if you don't like Walton, you cannot say that he's not genuine because he is the same guy, uh, whether he's doing a game or uh, anywhere you find him. That is Bill Walton. That's what all his kids said in the documentary. They're like, that's exactly how he is at home. Same guy. How many kids does he have? It's like two or 27. It's not <laughs> it's somewhere in between. It's at least four boys. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're talking basketball. I kind of zoned out there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> you're going to reference TJ Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recommend uh, picking up TJ Ford this week. <laughs> Xander. Uh, uh, I had a place called Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, and it was really good. You ever been to Milwaukee? Oh, there. Really good cheese curds. Goes well with those flaming Hot Cheetos. Also, I went to Marquette for a little bit. I couldn't find where to find buy clothes. Sorry, Steve. I tried. You didn't go to the bookmark? I couldn't find the bookmark. Damn it. All right, thanks anyway. Yeah, you're welcome, but I now know what Marquette was like, so that was cool. What'd you think? That was a cool campus. Yeah, it's a big fan. Uh, it's it's kind of weird where it's located, but uh, anyway, so I could geek out about that for a while. But uh, have you watched Loudermilk yet, Alex? No, but that's on the plan because I've been gone. I've been on vacation the past couple of days. So. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks to everybody, and until next time, good night, Gracie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>